0: everyone, today
1: is Thursday the 22nd of June 2017 and this is The Gap episode 375. I'm Luke Laurie. With me is Nathan Lawrence. How are you going, Nate? Good, mate. How, are How- you doing?
0: I am alright. How's your E3 hangover going? It's, I'm still in denial, man. I'm so used to doing those crazy hours and getting up to watch streams and do notes and posting stuff late at night that it doesn't feel normal to, you know, have the night off basically, and not to get out of bed at six in the morning.
1: Yeah. Did, did you have fun though? Having the, uh, the early morning slash late night streams where we're in
0: discord, like shit talking the entire time. <laughs> that was actually like if you if you're going to do a winner of E3 award which all these major publications seem to like to do which is just to be honest fucking weird um yeah the real winner is the the gap discord channel because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were times when there was just like people slagging shit off uh while they were talking, and normally I'd be like, hey, shut up, guys, I want to listen. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't want to listen. Like, <laughs> this is better. This is better, you know, director's commentary than what's actually happening on the stage. Yeah, sometimes it's, you need
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger to do a, a commentary on the E3. <laughs> but that'd be really
0: bad. He'd just say what's going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's that, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> well, if it's Arnie, you'd be fine with him doing anything. But uh, yes. this is where Sony shows an hour of trailers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where they get out zero developers to talk about the games. <laughs> that's a really bad. That's arnie terrible. I apologise, Schwarzenegger. At least same. when I tried to do it, I didn't attempt to do an accent. What do you do? Give me your best, Arnie. Go on. Yeah, yeah That's not talking. That's, that's, that's the noise. That's the noise. <laughs> that's the yeah. The the, down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. I'll pay it's that. All right. All right, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So, have you been writing? Have you for a publication or publications? Yeah, I mean, I was covering P, uh, PC Powerplay. I was covering E3 predominantly for PC Powerplay, um, on their website and also for Kzone, Kids Mag. So it was a pretty crazy week fitting essentially a couple of months worth of stuff into one week. But I did it. And that's all thanks, I guess, to EA deciding to be EA, um, and piggybacking on E3. Um, yeah once again. Did you guys, I don't know if you touched on it, uh, but remember last year EA said, we're not going to E3 because you won't let the public in. Remember that? Yeah. And this year, E3's like, hey, we'll let the public in, and EA's still not there. I think the the, the thing with that is it
1: was a very last minute decision for this public thing. Um, <clears throat> from what I've heard from other people at went, uh, the they basically raised the capacity. So it, it was their biggest year ever. They had like 68,000 people show up. But that was on top of the the numbers they normally get at E3, just the, the media, the business side, um, retailers, vendors, that sort of thing. Developers How many people is,
0: is that usually?
1: That's usually around 50,000. Fuck. So they've added another 15,000 people in there, plus however many more media has turned out. I think the number was... 68 or 69,000 total um, but they haven't catered for all these extra people coming, and I just don't think that the publishers were t- maybe told soon enough to be able to cater for you know having like public have hands on with this stuff because you've not been to E3 before but the gist of it is a lot of it is theatre demos and behind closed door stuff and uh, developer interviews that sort of thing. There, There's a you know small amount of hands-on things but it's generally uh appointments and and people like trying to do a job or trying to do deals marketing deals or business deals um trying to sell their game to to retailers that sort of stuff and uh yeah I just don't think that they were given enough time and and from what I, I heard it's just it was just chaos in there it was just so many people and it was totally hard to just like walk around and get from point a to point b um because having been there a, a bunch of times, it's it, it's busy, but it's not like packs busy, um, like on a packs on a Saturday. It's usually like a, I don't know, early morning Friday packs busy type thing for when it was just the media. Like you can still get around, you see people, you say hello, whatever. But the pictures and just the feedback that I've heard about how crazy it was on that floor across all three days is just nuts. It, it looked insane. Uh, and I- I'm hearing stories about people lining up for six hours just to see a theatre demo, stuff like that, or play Assassin's Creed Origins for a, a, you know a couple minutes. So,
0: yeah, is that the public or is that media having to wait as well? And and, public. and all this stuff. Right? Media
1: generally have the uh, slots booked in to say hey, we'll be at Ubisoft for four hours and then they'll usually have like a PR handler take you around to each game and sometimes you'll get hands-on with stuff depending on how many slots are free. Um, They basically look around and they're like, all right, they run around and say, all right, we're going to chuck you into this theater demo here. Once that's done, uh, we've got this thing lined up for you over this side and then they kind of just roll with it, see what's free, what's not free and just start fitting you in when they can. Um, It's quite hectic. (laughs) to say the least like when I've been the last uh, I think I've been four or four times or something like that my my actual schedule is just back-to-back meetings from the the moment you get there to the moment you leave so that eight hours or whatever is each day and that's with like some of them overlapping because you just don't have time to to see some of this stuff and and um yeah you're on your feet the entire time it's quite it's quite hard but yeah, I think what they've done is they've they've released all these tickets to the public, and they're not really made aware what you'll be able to get into, and kind of what E3 really is. And hopefully, like next year, that they've kind of done this and they've seen that it's quite successful, they'll have more in mind of how to approach it, and hopefully then make it more sort of, more like PAX maybe, um, as opposed to just theater demos and that sort of thing. <laughs>
0: But there's, um, I mean, one of the, the fantastic things about the rise of uh, streamer culture and, you know, influences on the, all that sort of stuff yeah. is I've noticed that there's been a real uh, push towards hands-on. Whereas in the past, not so many years ago, it used to be you expected to go to some event to have hands-off. You know, it was yeah. going to be a hands-off presentation. They were going to show at once. You either scribbled down notes frantically, or you tried to remember everything that you saw, and you did that later. And then you'd, you ideally, I mean, especially if you've travelled from Australia, have an interview to to have some sort of exclusivity and a, and a point of difference from what everyone else is writing about. Um, that now seems to have changed because they seem to be bringing in influences before games are even revealed. So mm. that when a game's announced, mm. there's this, you know. Uh, hands-on with stuff all over YouTube and then there's also press and whatnot talking about it on their websites and it's just a much better way to do it because hands-off for games never really makes sense. <laughs> like, it's an interactive medium, it should always be hands-on and, you know, if, if it's good enough to show off 10 to 20 minutes of it, surely at that stage it's playable, they've had to record it um, why not just let people play through that? And but I think that people are very understanding, you know, if it's alpha or it's pre-alpha. We get that we're going to encounter bugs and problems, but you can still see the raw potential of a game hmm. at that stage. And, and yeah, this, this concept of talking about hands-off stuff has always been a bit weird, uh, especially because they seem to, like, drop basically what you've seen um, just as embargo lifts, or yeah. most of it. So you're basically... <laughs> providing a written form of what everyone else can just watch for themselves yeah so I think hands-off is, is really stupid because the theater
1: I- demos are usually stuff that you have seen in the press conferences or the media briefings or whatever you want to call them uh, but normally they're extended like looks at that sort of stuff and then also you've got one or two developers in the room actually doing the presentation and sometimes they answer questions and sometimes they're not and um, I've had experiences where the developer is kind of like, "We're not going to talk about, like, uh, we'll give you a brief introduction about what our game is, blah, blah blah, but we're not going to say anything from this point on. We'll just let you experience the game." And then other times, they'll actually guide you through it and t- talk about the development process and what you know what's kind of going on, on the screen, that sort of thing. Each each one's a little bit different, so and it also allows them to kind of churn through more people as opposed to just having you know 20 stations set up they can just have a room full of 20 30 people and um just go through it that way i don't know man it's it's super weird so i still think that they've got some a lot of work to do and next year will hopefully be be a bit better and you'll, you'll see people like ea coming back to it and doing you know being a part of that again and Maybe that mean Activision will come back and some of the other ones that kind of dropped out. 2K, I don't think was... They were kind of there this year, but they didn't really have a presence on the floor. Uh, it was all behind closed door stuff from what, I, what I've what i heard. So, yeah, with, with PAX kind of coming along and, and being this big consumer event and taking all the focus away from, um, you know, like media being treated as the same and, and having people be the focus. Um, yeah, I think they've got a lot of learn uh a a bit bit more to learn from how they kind of handle their conventions so yeah i mean it's something to improve right hopefully from here
0: yeah and it'll be interesting to see if um ea actually comes back and and if what they provided as a reason for them not being there last year was actually true
1: yeah but ea loses their spot right they've lost their spot on the floor maybe maybe there's no room surely there's got to be room for for them to um you know be put somewhere but at E3 uh, EA was at the front like you'd walk in the front door and it was fucking EA giant screens battlefield exploding you know off the left a bunch of sports games on the right it was they were like front and center Um, so them coming back would probably mean they'd be down the back somewhere I'm not too sure
0: money talks man but I don't see them getting rid of EA play to be honest that happened this year though what they're their little own conferencing that uh, they run. That's what I'm saying. I don't see them getting rid of it because... Oh, so does this, it happen. like, Yeah, it happened. This is, they piggybacked. It happened, like, what, two days before E3 yeah. started proper. So they're like, hey, we're going to have it in the same place near E3 uh, because there's going to be a bunch of people in town anyway, so we might as well. Like, yeah.
1: I don't think it's a good look. Fair enough. Um, was there anything that kind of got you excited when you saw it?
0: Um loving Battlefront 2. I know you're not, but that looks like my jam. Yeah, but he loved the first one, so... Yeah, but I, the first one was an incredibly flawed game. Yeah, okay. But in terms of, you know, playing a Star Wars experience, um, it's peerless, <laughs> mm-hmm. making you feel like you're actually there. And, you know, they, they nailed the look and the feel and the sound and all that stuff. And I'm a massive Star Wars nerd, so that stuff goes a long way with me. But if they were releasing... Battlefield oh, Battlefield, Battlefront 1.5 um, as is the debatable uh, criticism of something like Destiny 2 then I would be pissed I would honestly be pissed mm-hmm. and you know, it's a lot like the movies for me you know people said what did you think of um, The Force Awakens and I sort of said look I loved it for what it was um, it was a little bit too close to A New Hope for my tastes uh, but I can tell you now that I will retroactively dislike it more if um, episode eight is just a basically a carbon copy of Empire Strikes Back. And I feel like a, a, a lot of fans feel the same way. Um, Battlefront 2 is just... I, I, I love a redemption story, man. And I think a game that has a good idea that sells well enough to get a sequel... Um, is a good opportunity, uh, an easy opportunity, for them to right the wrongs of the first game as well as add some other unexpected stuff. Um, And really, the biggest problems with the original Battlefront were um, the lack of content at launch and uh, the lack of some sort of meaningful single-player campaign or or solo mode, uh, which ties into content anyway. So people just wanted more content. Basically, uh, and and by the end of the DLC of the original one, or the last one I should say, it was a reboot. Um, <clears throat> if they had launched with that, with all the maps and the weapons, and the blasters and the heroes and modes and whatever, <laughs> ideally the refinements, uh, that would have been an attractive at launch proposition. And I think the biggest criticism would have just been, "Hey, what about the solo players?" Yeah, they would have had an easier time. Um, they kind of fuck themselves by just going with the original trilogy. It's like the, you know, I, we obviously love the original trilogy, but it, it doesn't have that many heroes and villains. It doesn't have that many fucking ships. It's, you have to dig pretty deep sometimes to find even new and inventive blasters. Uh, one thing that George Lucas got very right about the prequels, and it was because he wanted to sell toys was there was a shitload of stuff heroes, worlds, weapons, you know new races, you name it, vehicles, everything, everything was new, um, and every episode had new stuff because, because he could sell more toys, but in terms of uh game content it 's very exciting, you know I think that 's why. Um, the original Battlefront games did so well in the sense that they they still went back to the prequel trilogy era but people, from a conceptual point of view, you don't hate it as a gamer because it just means content I mean, you don't want to sit there and relive the Phantom Menace beat for beat in a game, but at the same time, if you're like, yeah, well we've included all the content from the prequel era as well, I'm like you know what? A lot of those blasters and and ships and some of those heroes and villains are actually pretty fucking cool Um, Darth Maul yeah, Darth Maul. Holy shit, man. I'm very excited about playing it. Although, I've heard that they have they won't allow you to deflect uh, Blaster Bolts as Darth Maul. Because they think that it would be too OP. And I think that is fucking stupid if the other heroes with lightsabers can do it. Yeah, makes sense. Like, you know, maybe lower his health a bit or something. Um, or, you know make more open areas and force people to get around behind him or something like that. Like it seems like they've got enough tools and, and tricks to the trade. And I've been watching a lot of videos and I, I, I see that it's a viable, you know, it's a believable comment. I should say mm-hmm. that um, a, a couple of players can work together to take down a hero or even a single one. If the hero is not too great or you get them in a choke point or trapped in a corner or something um, there's, there is this real opportunity to, to take them down. And I think it's two lightsaber hits to kill a full health trooper, which I think is, you know, a good inclusion, Mm -hmm. a little bit of extra escapability, a little less like, you know, when you played Battlefront and you saw Darth Vader, you rounded the corner and Darth Vader was there, you you were dead, you know, you were just like, I'm dead. Like, there is nothing I can do here. I can't even get off a a thermal detonator or a shot. I'm dead. Like, insta-dead. Um, Adding a little bit more escapability and making them a little less overpowered and also tying it to like that whole battle point system is, is a fantastic idea because what happened in Battlefront, which is always gonna happen in Battlefront it's a but, ship. <laughs> no, you just had people camping because they figured out even though it was semi randomized, at least at some stage, the, the points where the um the fighters, like the X Wings and the TIE fighters would spawn, or the points where the heroes would spawn. Um people would just camp them? So, you had a whole yeah. bunch of people waiting for that spawn to appear and, you know, everyone else doing what they should do and that means two or three less, fewer players who are being dicks to each other to try to be the first one to get to it or to run over it or whatever. Like, me playing Battlefield back in the day and, you would know, wait for a plane or a vehicle to spawn and all these people would be there tapping in and I'd just hold it and I would get in before them. It was amazing. <laughs> um, it's like... Like that sort of idea that you're not playing the game, you're just waiting for that one part of the power fantasy, and it made playing as a trooper a bit chumpy um, by comparison. And I, I like what they've done with the balancing uh, for two. And, and I think just from a yeah from a content standpoint, if they get that right at launch, they've got the free DLC, which is still I still can't believe is real. <laughs> like that's going to be fucking awesome giving yep. people the maps and the um weapons i think and even the heroes when they sing. Yep. for free like just copy what you know um siege does right like and if ever there's a game where i'll be tempted to buy cosmetic shit and i think in my gaming existence i have bought nothing cosmetic mm. uh DLC-wise, unless it's come with like a pre-order or whatever, or a DLC pack, um, I would be so fucking tempted to buy some sweet exclusive skin in a Star Wars game. So if that becomes their currency, well done, well played, uh, and I anticipate that they will probably make more money out of that than if they kept splitting the player base every time DLC came out so i hope they fix the the matchmaking stuff i haven't seen anyone talking to them about that which is a bit strange um certainly on pc Mm -hmm. you know it's in dire need of a fucking server browser Mm -hmm. have your matchmaking but also have a server browser and and if you're gonna have to insist on doing stupid fucking matchmaking then at least let people start a server with like one or two people so that people can drop in and and the community starts to understand that, oh, okay, there's only four people here, but it usually only takes three minutes for there to be 10 and then it'll reset and then we'll have a game and then people, you know, like anything when servers are empty, people don't join them. But if that one guy joins and then two other dudes decide to join together, you know what I mean? Like it starts adding up and people get together. What you had, um, and I still don't think they've fixed it, is you would have a whole bunch of people sitting on a matchmaking screen and i don't think you could talk i don't think you could type anything into chat even just yeah, yeah. hey guys like you know some of us have been waiting 20 just minutes chill. just <laughs> you yeah, just wait just seriously we just need one more person just wait like two come on guys and and throw in some banter around or whatever like which is the stuff that helps the community come back for more and and what you had was this ultimate feeling of uneasiness and you would get up to needing one person and then someone else someone would rage quit and then we'd be back to two and you'd finally get into a map and the chat would just be filled with oh thank you guys that's fucking awesome oh my god <laughs> and and it shouldn't be like that like hmm. this is 2017 i mean that was released what 2015 it's no excuse like shit has been has been and continues to be done right in these simple regards and it's an easy way to kill your community and i think they've given they're setting it up for a good chance to have um have a good community and it's interesting now that they seem to be spacing out the battlefield one dlc to six months instead of three yeah um, so it seems to me that they're kind of hedging their bets a little but i will gladly move over to to battlefront uh two if if the community's there, if the content's there, if the progression is there, and, and if my mates are playing it, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, because the Battlefield content has been quite slow, hasn't
1: it? It's kind of... I think they took too long to release a lot of their stuff.
0: Uh, March was the first official lot of DLC, the French faction, I believe, yeah. and September is the next one. Um, in the past, I think it's sort of been an unwritten rule that everyone releases you know if you've got a dlc season pass you expect four four drops of dlc and they come pretty much on, on clockwork uh once every quarter so, yeah. you know be three months um and I think that was the safe expectation, and a lot of people were predicting that for Battlefield 1, and I how I would have believed that. I was expecting it to drop around uh, E3 time, you know? Mm. Expect them to show it off and go, and you can play it now, or that'll be available next week, or something like that, you know? Yeah. And they're like, coming September, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, I've watched gameplay for it, and it looks great um, in the name of the Tsar DLC for Battlefield 1, but uh, that trailer that they showed, I... I don't think I've ever been as underwhelmed by a Battlefield-related thing as that fucking... And then again, you know, that there was an amazing guy who used to do all the trailers who left DICE not so long ago. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. He was very good at making very iconic trailers. And this was just bland, like, safe. And it didn't really show off enough new stuff for you to go, oh, fuck, yeah, like, I've got to play that. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my problem
1: with um the last sort of DLC that they released. It, it was very same, it felt like Battlefield like it even looked like Battlefield <laughs> whereas um, I think the one, the compound map they did was a, the only one that I think they could, took a risk with it was kind of different It was an indoors map for the majority of it and it felt like it was something we hadn't seen before but the rest of them were like oh I've done this stuff you know it's something i've already played it's just
0: a different layout problem with the the indoor map is that it immediately got called the metro or the, the yeah. lockers of you know battlefield one and i don't think that that's fair then again i didn't hate either of those maps yeah I like, so. those like they're not like you wouldn't want to play them the certain ser- you know certain servers just run them on repeat like you wouldn't want to do that it's not the kind of map that i'm like yeah let's play it again like yeah. but that those maps had, because they were so narrow towards the ends and had all the choke points, they had some amazing, you know, wins and mm. some amazingly close losses too. That that that's why you keep coming back to Battlefield or, or any competitive game. I think is um, of that scale is you get so close and you win or you lose, but it's just like either way you are just like oh my god that was intense, like winning by one ticket or something like that, yeah. which has happened a few times in Battlefield One. And that is shit is insane. And you are obviously <laughs> going to play the next map. If you've won by one ticket, you're like, well, we've got to go again. Like yeah. that's, that's insane. Yeah. Um, Hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else that you really stood out to you at all? Something that stood out as really bad was Metroid <laughs> four. Uh, the logo, the <laughs> fuck are they thinking? Like, yeah. Like just say that it's happening. Don't, show a four floating in space and say Metroid, and that's it. Like, that's that's all you got. Just wanted to let you know that it's in uh, development. Like, what? <laughs> I don't... Who okayed that? Like, what is the point of that? Yeah. Stupid. Um, look, there was a bunch of games. I think um, it was a good E3 in terms of uh, games that I'm genuinely excited about. I was honestly surprised that I'm so used to Sony just kind of kicking ass and kicking goals and just having all these unexpected exclusives happening Yeah, that it was a bit weird that they kind of played it safe and they're just like, yeah, we're going to show you more of the stuff that we've got coming. And yeah, what we did last of, year, basically. Yeah, which is not a bad move, but I, no. I sort of felt myself being a bit disappointed. I'm like, okay, that's because they've kicked ass the last however many years yeah. <laughs> um, that I guess they could kind of relax a bit. I, I like year. having a developer up on stage every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that's weird, right? Like, even though you know that they're all reading off scripts, like, I think, like, it sort of adds a bit more authority to it, right? Like, yeah. if if not just for them to introduce my game, like, but they talk a bit about the story of how it came about or what they wanted to do and stuff like that, like I actually appreciate that, I know I appreciate that because I missed it in Sony, it felt weird, I was making notes and I'm like where are the developers, like (laughs) what is happening, plus they had the sound fuck up which didn't really help them for the first uh, two and a half games so they were just going trailers back to back to back and anyone watching the live stream kind of missed what was being said in the first two and a half
1: yeah, I feel like I heard something happen with their stream and they had to piggyback off of like Twitch or, or a different, or someone else. I can't remember. I feel like I heard something like that going around in terms of rumor. Um, yeah. Uh, what, are you sold on the Xbox One X? Like, or, or are you in the same opinion as what I am? Is like, I need to, I'm not sure yet. I need to see more games.
0: <laughs> um, I'll be getting it um but that's only because getting, <laughs> well no not not even that part to be honest like oh, i haven't right. even thought about that like um i'll be getting it because i'm going to get a 4k tv soon okay um and and either i won't get it soon because i'll have to buy an xbox one s right to mm. play 4k content which seems A bit silly, but they might do a trade-in, whatever. Anyways, so I've either got to do that and do the end of financial year sales, which are happening now, to get a cheap 4K TV or a bargain 4K TV. I should say I'm not going fucking Kogan brand or anything. Let's not be crazy. Um, (laughs) Or I wait um, and get the Xbox One X. Either way, I'm very interested in getting it because, you know what? Like, Even as a, a PC master racer, I have never, outside of certain preview events, played 4K games. Hmm. and and i think if they've built something where i can chill out on the couch and i can turn on my 4k tv and i can play i don't know like whatever latest game they've got coming out for <laughs> Well, fuck, I'm not a Forza guy, so <laughs> not that, Sea of Thieves, say. <laughs> sea of Thieves, yeah, okay. When it comes out in 2018, or, you know, I'm really looking. <laughs> crack Crackdown, not that that would be the best game to see in 4K either. They're really not helping their cause, Not State of Decay 2. That's <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, um, talking about, Nate. <laughs> no, I, dude, I totally hear what you're saying, uh, but I'm just sort of thinking, like, I want to play games in true 4K. Like I'm thinking about doing a PC upgrade, but that's going to cost a lot of money. I'm doing one soon as well. Probably might do it end of the year or next year, but yeah. if if you get a you know once you get a taste of that sweet sweet 4K gaming. So I, yeah, man, I'm all about it. And and I was going to buy a PS4 Pro just because like oh yeah and then I'll be able to play 4K wait no it doesn't have a fucking 4K Blu-ray player yeah. for some reason so thanks Sony that actually makes zero sense doesn't it especially don't they own Blu-ray like it's weird definitely strange but w- what were they thinking like
1: how stupid is that yeah yeah I don't know no idea um,
0: so you're not getting one oh option? no
1: yeah I'll get I'm pretty sure I'll get one I'll, I'll but get like it, I'll get later this. Um, no, I, I might end up getting
0: one launch day. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you want your games to look the best, right? And it's about time yeah. that, um... Not that it's all about visual fidelity, but it's about time that the consoles really started pushing to catch up with um, the benefits of 4K. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing for everything, especially as PC gamers as well. You know, The more that developers are making multi-platform games and thinking about how we can make it look as sweet as fuck, um, and it's going to look great on console, but it's going to obviously look at its best on a stupidly high-end PC that they move back towards like showing shit off on PC and PC being lead platform. And so I yeah. think it's, it's good either way, but yeah, I'll get one for work and I guess I'll have to buy a PS4 pro. Do you have one of those? No. Oh, I, I was going to not- get one, but they didn't put a Blu-ray player in it. Yeah. And like, I was like, well, well, hard purchase. Uh, isn't it? So this is my plan, dude. Hmm. Um, I think that Sony will announce a price drop for the, ps4 pro mm-hmm. when the xbox one x launches right like that's the only well they'll do their christmas bundles right so well, that's their- the only way they can yeah. they can kind of distract from the reality that the most powerful console ever made is coming out and i yeah right because you know that microsoft would be pushing that angle real hard yeah but at
1: the same time like the playstation was is currently the most powerful console out right it's PS4. just because they've got a new console coming out <laughs> fucking sony could drop one in march or, or january and be like hey ours is now the most powerful console
0: get fucked type of thing i don't know it's a stupid Did, marketing term that they're using no i agree but like yeah. as a you know as a pc guy i'm sure you can relate like the specs are actually impressive yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and, and what they're claiming it can do which is native 4k and not upscaled and 60 frames per second has me very interested
1: yeah at the same time i, I want to play some games on it that aren't See if these, and uh, although i do want to play crackdown like i quite enjoyed those crackdown games um yeah there wasn't really anything to be like all right here the f- here's our staple of games that are coming out in the next year get excited uh it, it wasn't they did not really show much in terms of what, what's kind of coming out and you can expect to play on this console
0: no not yeah. not the sort of games that because they they clearly are interested in pushing the fidelity angle they I feel like they needed a Gears of War or um a Halo or something it's like just that. their own first
1: party type
0: of game right but just something that it wasn't Forza because or okay. Anthem right they closed on Anthem yeah that's <laughs> oh my god how but how good does that game look yeah it looks shit. sick shit I couldn't believe how good that game looked yeah um but I'm gonna play that on PC right <laughs> We're all uh, going to play that on PC, yeah? It, uh, yeah, it comes out on PC. We'll see. No, it is. It's coming to PC. I oh, checked okay. that. It was the cool. first thing I checked, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to get this on PC and not Xbox One X. Yeah, like it has shooting. <laughs> uh, what What console do I want to play it on if it's a shooter? Hmm, none. I want to play it on PC, motherfucker. Fair enough. Um, what do you think of Spider-Man? Uh, that was something I really enjoyed. Apart from the slow time events, um, I think it looks great, but that's mainly because I'm a massive Batman Arkham fan and they've clearly <laughs> borrowed a lot from that series. Nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not, <laughs> it's not even remotely a diss. Um, it, it looks like a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of Spider Man, as you know, and I think only dickheads are, to be honest. Oh, the fuck we've, you? we've lost Nathan. Oh. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> there it is. Uh, no, no, I'm not a big fan of Spider Man, but I'm, I'm really interested in playing that game. Yeah. And I like what Insomniac does as well. They make fun yeah. games. So I think um, it's going to be interesting. I really want to see, um, I want to know more about how they're going to handle Peter Parker because they're saying he's going to be a big part of the game. And I'm wondering if that means there's going to be a shit ton of cutscenes or whether there's actually going to be some sort of Peter Parker gameplay and how that might look. Photography. But like, you'd have to make it appealing, right? If if the if the thing is, hey, you get to play as fucking Spider Man, yeah. and then you get to take photos as Peter Parker, it's it's not the same thing. It reminds me of, did you you played uh, Black Flag, right? Yes remember the first person future bits like you would just be getting into this groove and you'd be avoiding all this Assassin's Creed shit like the plague in the in the pirate time and just going on this amazing pirate adventure and occasionally you would accidentally complete a main mission and that would drag you back into this slow as fuck first person adds nothing to the game Hmm. and you're like who approved this like what the fuck were you thinking I don't need a break from that amazingly immersive pirate fantasy you've created for me like what is wrong with you?
1: Yeah. It could also just be part of like the story and not not actual gameplay elements. Yeah,
0: yeah it could just be cutscenes. I I I would love to hear how they cracked that, you know, like um even the Batman Arkham games, I think you played as Bruce Wayne in what the second Arkham one. Yeah, in, City. Yeah, for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And basically you were playing as Batman, right? So <laughs> yeah. So that didn't really add anything, and I would, I would love to see someone kind of be able to, and I don't, I don't know how you do it, like, but tackle the gameplay component for the, the less interesting alter ego that's still somewhat compelling and yet different from what you're doing in the, in the core superhero fantasy.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I remember when I reviewed that game, they were like, you can't talk about being uh, Bruce Wayne. You're not allowed to talk about that.
0: And that's that was your
1: opening sentence.
0: Ooh. Playing as Bruce Wayne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like, wanted to keep it as a surprise.
0: Oh, it's a good surprise. Yeah. And it's a good front loaded surprise too. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Alright, should we talk about games we've played? There's there's a lot here. E3 was fun, but um we'll do it again next year. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the games we've got here. Um Darksiders. Uh going back. For some reason I um because the Darksiders 3 of reveal was uh, about a week before E3 or something like that. And we talked about it recently, anyway. And then that kind of got me looking through my um, Steam list the last week or so because there's not really much coming out at the moment. It's that period where E3 is happening and either you get a big game that is kind of sent out or you get nothing, <laughs> like, it's kind of a weird spot. And we're in a year where there's really nothing coming out at the moment. So I'm going through, like, a back catalog of games or, or just playing, um, I'm playing Mass Effect still. Every couple of days, I'll fire it up and play for a couple, few hours and do some side missions. But I, I jumped into Darksiders too because um, that was a game that I really wanted to get back into and finish. And when it first came out, I'd only played about 10 hours of it. And, um, and then kind of got swept away with other games that were kind of uh, sort of taking my attention. So, uh, what I was curious to hear was you started playing Darksiders the original for some reason. What was your inspiration behind that? Why'd you hey,
0: You started copying me, let's, let's be very clear. No yeah. way.
1: I, I didn't even know you were playing Darksiders until you brought it up before.
0: I saw it pop up on Steam. I'm like, what is this motherfucker doing? He seen me playing Darksiders and I was playing Darksiders 2. Like, what a massive troll. Because I'm about to move on to Darksiders 2. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, nah, fuck, he's going to claim that he got there first. What a piece of shit. Um, I started playing Darksiders Remastered, which was released not that long ago. I yeah. I believe. It was, it was, yeah, it was a free upgrade on Steam, wasn't it, as well? I think yeah, it was free. It was free because I've got it in my
1: list. And I was like, where is the second one? Why can't I see it? Um... And apparently, it was part of a separate bundle. Right. So, you actually got the first Darksiders. You got the remastered or the War Master, I think it was called. But yeah. if you bought the franchise pack in Steam, then you also got the upgrade for
0: the second one. But The definitive edition, rather. Do you not have that one? No, I don't have that. As oh, dude. Isn't, as it just pr- isn't it just prettier slightly, I think? Maybe.
1: Like, it looks fine. There's nothing wrong with the way it looks now. I'm running it. It max on everything it runs at 144 frames like it it looks fine uh it, there's nothing wrong with it and still, it still plays fine as well like it's it's not that old of a game right um 2012 all right, all right. Maybe maybe it's a bit old um what was that oh. five, five five six years yeah. yeah um anyway it's still fun like i enjoy it are you digging the first one like you
0: never got around to playing it at all no, I I'd, I'd, I'd played it and I'd finished it. See, I was, um, I think it was during a slower time uh, for PC Powerplay and a little insight into having to write regular content for a site. You know, sometimes I'm sometimes a bit scrambling for <laughs> stuff to write about. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't happened lately, God. But um, I remember pitching, like, hey, there's a free upgrade coming out for the dark, like is. Why don't I just play a couple of hours of it? and um, just write up on how it plays and how it looks and do a little bit of a side-by-side comparison because I'd recently reinstalled the older Darksiders version and had played through a bit of it just to see if I, you know, I was like, yeah, I really miss that sort of Darksiders-style game. I'm really hanging out for that. Um, And I ended up putting in like six or eight hours just unintentionally like yeah. fucking addicted to this it hooks you in eh? <laughs> yeah uh and i'm like shit Ah, oh, i never finished darksiders 2 but i want to finish the original darksiders now so i intended on doing a speed run but then i got distracted with all the shit on the side anyways i finally finished it um so i was like fuck you uninstall downloaded darksiders 2 and i'd only ever played like maybe an hour or two or something stupid of darksiders 2 like for some reason yeah i was so excited for it and I never got around to giving it a proper crack and I can't tell you why so I'm really enjoying getting back into that I'm only about two hours of playtime, but Hmm. realistically only an hour into it because as I was telling you before (laughs) we started the podcast I decided to fight a level 9 guy as a level 2 guy because I'm like yeah I got this Um, and I had to fight him about 50 times (laughs) to beat him I was swearing a lot I find that I don't know if you find... Are you playing with a controller or a keyboard and mouse? I'm playing on controller. Yeah, me too. Um, have you noticed that sometimes it's a bit not responsive if you've pushed the... like, If you want to do an, an evade um, and you're locked onto the enemy, mm. it, sometimes if it's not like in one of the eight fixed positions, it just refuses the input. and So you stand there like a fucking idiot and you get hit. Is this Darksiders 2? Yeah, this is Darksiders yeah. 2. I've not experienced that, but I have had issues
1: where you can kind of climb up walls and there's like this run, um, run up a wall and sort of tries to grab onto a ledge. And, um, there are like ledges that you can jump across to like a a separate, like a second ledge or, or do like a wall run or something. Um, I have had occasions where I've tried to jump right and instead of going right, he's jumped straight up, um. That's happened quite a bit. So that's the only bit where I've noticed, like, oh, shit, he's not really responding to where I'm supposed to be jumping to. And uh, there's been a couple of times where I've just jumped off the, a fucking edge or something like that, where it's, it's kind of not worked properly, but uh, not during actual combat, for me.
0: Well, that's good, because, yeah, there a bunch of those 50 fucking times I fought this dude, deaths were related to just my input not registering <laughs> yeah. and like the way that i fight i don't know how you fight but i fight super aggro yeah and just i will get in roll. as many hits as possible <laughs> and roll at the last minute when the thing's about to hit me and i get that timing down pat from you know a few trials and then you just go back in and repeat 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 um and if it doesn't work <laughs> god it's frustrating because you're like but i timed it right like it, it just didn't register like what the what the fuck's happened hmm very frustrating um but apart you know apart from a few little weird kinks like that like it's it's a lot of fun and i forgot how much more they'd lent into the whole rpg angle because it's pretty absent from the first game so the fact that you've got loot and you know coins and even like things like potions and shit you didn't even have that in the first game you had to kill enemies to get a little bit of health back or you had to find health chests or you had to kill enemies like Kill them enough to get them to the point where you hit B, you know, that little prompt. Which I think. still haven't figured out yet how you <laughs> get that to happen. It seems oh, to be you, random. Oh, really? Maybe that's Darksiders too. but in the first one, um, you would get them down to like. A little bit of health and mind you there's no health bars in the first one as well so you just get a feel for the different enemy types and how many how yeah. many hits you had to give them so that you could save the execution to get the health like hmm. it was a little a little bit more uh, tactical but i do like that they've got you know health bars now there's a little lots of little additions that are interesting um yeah but what i find weird is that you can't block like um the first game you, if you weren't pressing the left stick any direction and you hit the dodge button, it would be a block. So you had oh. options like you could, and if you perfectly timed a block, it would do a little, a little counter parry, animation. Yeah. yeah. A little parry. And then you could get in some really good hits. Um, so it was either like you could dodge or you could block, or you could do a combination of both, which I started doing right towards the end. Cause I was always a dodger up until that point, you know, hit and run sort of tactics. Uh, but then I was like, you know, this is getting a bit old. So I started experimenting with the block and I, I, I seem to recall them saying that they were like, yeah, death doesn't block. He just rolls. I'm like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a shield, does he? Well, the not have a shield. He's got a big old, um, glove. So... Or, like, oh his glove. yeah. He used to block it with his. Glove. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's part of the thing, but like for everything else in dark side where you can see that they've kind of pushed the gameplay forward a little bit or the mechanics forward a lot. Um, that one seems like a very strange omission. Although, to be fair, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they'd actually been able to make Darksiders 3 and 4 because they were very open about the fact that they were like, by the time you get to Darksiders 4, we're going to have four-player co-op. Co-op, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you wouldn't want them to all feel like they're cookie-cutters of each other. So, like, the whole idea that you could play as different characters and have different progression and that they'd have a slightly different feel would be really fucking cool. Yeah.
1: Definitely, um, but it's the same team working on it right now, right? Or a majority of the same team.
0: That's what I mean. That's what I read, um, and that that's great. Is it, do you know if they've got the original artist? Joe just, Mad. No, just, yeah. I, I
1: don't think he's part of it. Fuck. I think it's the other co. Like Joe Mad, and it was the second guy that co-founded Vigil. Yeah, I think it's the other guy.
0: But Joe did all the sweet he art. He did all the art. Yeah, and the art design in that game, even the loading menu, man. Like, I highly encourage you to to go back to dark, the original is because it still holds up and even though I'm playing Darksiders 2, mm-hmm. I'm not finding that I'm often saying, oh fuck that's so much better, like it's cool that they've added more depth in like, the looting system and the RPG mechanics and all that, but like the combat and the exploration and the metroidvania feel to it where you're like why can't i get through that Oh, yeah is is still <laughs> co- incredibly addictive and compelling and i think i put in about 20 hours to a game that i've already finished but i've got so many other games i should be fucking playing uh <laughs> which is really bad yeah i've put about 10 hours into the last couple of days
1: already um and my only complaint about it so far is that while I enjoy the loot system, I don't think it does a good way of presenting uh, like a comparison of what you currently got equipped to what you can equip on the fly. It kind of yeah. shows you on the ground like, oh, you'll be, this is your stats you'll get from this new sword or whatever. But it doesn't show you what you've got currently equipped and you can't really look at them to compare. So you've got to go back into the menu and then... Do it that way, and so it takes a bit of time. Um, I just wish there was more detailed stuff on the actual interface to show you
0: kind of what you were getting or whether or not it was worth it. When did those sorts of um, interface upgrades start to happen? Though, was it after two thousand twelve or before? Um, I'm not- it's a rel- relatively recent thing of memory serves. Like I, I still remember when I previewed Prey for the first time and I was incredibly blown away and this might sound really stupid but I was blown away by the fact that you could still stay in the game world in real time while interacting with monitors and things like that as stupid as that sounds just like like, I was like holy shit that's such an, like, that should become the standard now because you're so used to having played all these RPGs and stuff over all these years. When you look at a computer screen and when you interact with something, it takes you, like, it freezes time or, or either, or it takes you out of the world hmm. and into that thing instead of it actually being an organic part of the world. And then they had also the, like, the quick looting. So you didn't have to go into an inventory and stuff like that. Like, you could see stuff on the right, take it all, pick what you wanted, what you didn't want, like, and all in real time and it, and it kept you in the moment and also meant that um, looting was a risk if you hadn't cleared an area. Yeah. But a risk you could respond to. Yeah. So, shit like that goes a long way. I think Borderlands did a good job of it.
1: A, de- a decent uh, job of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that come out?
1: So, 2 came out in 2012. Right. Uh,
0: but it was in the first game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. But also, I, I still think they can improve on it because they do a lot of the elemental effects on there as well. And it's very hard to distinguish, like, uh, how much overall damage you're doing. They would kind of be like, oh, this does 40 damage, but it also does times 400 damage because it's got this other effect on there or something like that. And I think what um, something like Diablo 3 kind of leaned into it a bit more of having like a DPS counter saying, all right, this is how much damage this sword does, but it's got all these other effects and in the end, it'll have a DPS, like, this is how much damage per second you're actually doing.
0: Because that's what you really care about. Yeah, that's that seems like a no-brainer, right?
1: Yeah. And whereas in um, in something like Darksiders 2, you've got variations on the weapons and, and how they kind of work, and some of them are slow, some of them are fast uh, in terms of dealing combat damage, and you don't really know how much damage you're actually doing. Like, this giant hammer is doing... 200 damage, but at the same time it's hitting really slow. Like, where is, you know, should I be going for something that's, um, you know, fast, quick, uh, low, low style of damage, or something that's slow and does a high amount of damage? Uh, it's kind of hard to figure that out. It's got like a green market that says, yeah, this does more damage, but it's like, does it really? I'm not too sure.
0: It does seem like, as part of their. Like story and their world creation that they do want you to go back to that place where I was talking about with Thane with the training mm. dummies because they have numbers pouring out of them when you attack Yeah. Um, so I found that useful not just for testing like what my primary and secondary were doing on a default swing but also what combos um, would do damage wise and things like that so yeah, I, I think it would be infinitely more convenient to have that, but I also kind of, I get what they're going for. They're like, yeah, so you go back to the training guy to see how your weapons work and stuff like that. Like, it's not, ultimately, it's not super convenient, and I guess if it's got loading times, which it doesn't, does it? Um, No, it doesn't have any. Can you fast travel? You can
1: fast travel. It does have loading times.
0: No, that's all right, but when you fast travel, mm-hmm. does it actually just take you there after a loading screen? Yeah, I believe so. That's a really weird question, but if you play the worst bit about the original Dark Side is, is you go to do a fast travel, um, which is like the serpent holes or some shit, and you just you then have to run in this arbitrary nothing little space to get from point A to point B to do the teleport. Oh, okay, they're trying and, to like, hide the
1: loading screen behind an elevator.
0: <laughs> but I, do, I don't even know if they're doing that. Like I think that they've, they've lent too far into this world building at the expense of just like saying what does this add yeah. like it's just this unnecessary fucking section that you can occasionally fall off but it's not terribly hard in terms of platforming there aren't any enemies there there's nothing to collect there's no loot like mm. it's just a fucking literally a nothing space it's that running the- screen from assassin's creed where it's like oh, i'm loading the
1: next mission and you're just running into like
0: no, but that VR. I don't. That I don't mind. Like that stuff's fine because <laughs> there's actually you can tell there's a loading screen, right? Yeah. So at least you can kind of fuck around and throw knives or, or I used, used to, bombs to throw bombs or Yeah, <laughs> I was used to just throw all my equipment, and I, at least I would feel like I'm doing something. Whereas this is more like, just give me a fucking loading screen, man! Like <laughs> this is doing nothing for me. And a loading screen, um, th- I guess it. it doesn't help that we're now playing uh this game on a pc <laughs> it's installed on an ssd so the years loading is later yeah so the loading screen is what like all of two seconds it's not much at all on darksiders too. and it's not in the original either when they happen but um when <laughs> when you've got to run through that shit or if you accidentally go to the wrong place yeah. like you can't even just turn around and teleport back and go okay i gotta reset you gotta to run to the end and then do it again <laughs> like yeah. it's fucking frustrating Yeah. Alright, anything else to say about that? Darksiders, Darksiders 2? That's all I have to say about that.
1: I would suggest if you haven't played it, um, anybody listening, and you've got some free time, definitely check it out. There'll be a Steam sale on by the time you hear this. um, For most of you. Most most of you should be getting this tomorrow, I'd say. And I think there's a Steam sale starting tomorrow or Saturday. So that will definitely be 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 on
0: the list of cheaper games. Yeah, and it's a series that deserves some love. I think the second one grossly undersold and was actually part of the reason why THQ went under. That Uh, was because of that stupid tablet game they made, right? No, but there was multiple. Like, if Darksiders 2 had gone crazy, then they might have been able to survive or survive a bit longer. Yeah. But... um, I think it grossly undersold, which is really embarrassing, but it's gone on to become a cult hit, and mm. it fucking deserves it. That's such a good series. Well, Darksiders' original was really good, but that released
1: in a slow period. It was like March or something, whereas 2 yeah, was right. uh, quite later in the AAA cycle. So, yeah. They went for that end of year cash. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which means they're competing against all the other big games, but. Which is a worry. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've Got a lot to talk about here. What else is on the list? Sword and sauce. Sword with sauce. <laughs> what
0: yeah, is that? I don't know much to say about that. There's, um, you should if you when you're buying or you Steam games uh, later this week and they're on special, throw that one in the cart. I think. Let me check this while I'm saying it. Um, it's like five bucks. No, it's two ninety nine without a discount. (laughs) So I was like, I'm buying a game. I'm going to throw that in as well. I can't remember how I got onto it, but I, I think it came up in my recommended feed and I watched a trailer for it. And it's just like this really minimalist design of basically crash test dummies for enemies. Um, but it's like the, the rhythm of the game is fucking awesome because it's like an action movie where you can't reload, where you're encouraged to, like say, get a sword, cut down an enemy, and as they fall, you hit E to grab their gun, and then you shoot the dude behind him. Um, and it's got this awesome, amazing you're wall running and jumping and, and gadgets and stuff yeah. to just kind of create your own little action movie sequence. It's not anything that you play for more than thirty minutes at a time. Hmm. Um and it's in alpha, so you know, they've got to add more content later. But as far as it goes, like, yeah, give, give it a, like just go have a look at the trailer and if you're a fan of sort of John Woo crazy action films when he was at his peak, you'll look at it and you'll go, Oh fuck yeah, I gotta play that. It's like action half life on on heat. So yeah. yeah it's, it reminds me of Super Hot a little bit oh yeah right i never got to play that so this is all in real time though right like that used to slow time this is all played at crazy pace and with all these gadgets that are basically they're designed to to make you basically want to record it and go look at how fucking cool stupid yeah yeah look at how (laughs) how i did this level and how fucking stupid it was or how fun it was or I i had a lot of fun with it but you know, it's not the sort of thing they'll go back to too often, but it's not that big to download. It doesn't cost that much. And why the Three fuck? Bucks. You, why Why wouldn't you throw that in your card? <laughs>
1: All right. So, Sword with Source. Is what the game's called?
0: Yeah, Sword with Source. It's a fucking weird name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else you got here? Rising Storm 2 Vietnam. Don't have much to say about that except for <laughs> maybe... Don't? play it oh. Oh, it's, it's getting a lot of love it's one of those games with a fucking stupidly steep learning curve mm-hmm. um, or at the very least steep in that I must have been playing with a team that wasn't particularly well organized, um, and if you start out playing as the North Korean factions, you're just getting fucked up because like, it's proper asymmetrical in terms of the weapon loadouts and the abilities and the commander roles and stuff. So the Americans, like in Vietnam, have air superiority, so they've got helicopters and ships flying around all the time, and if you if you've got, I think you've got one guy or maybe two slots for people who can actually take out helicopters, and if they don't, you just get dominated by these fucking dudes doing flybys. It's fucking stupid. Mm. So I had one of those unfortunately infuriating um matches the second time I played. The first time I played, very quickly, the second time I played was just like an hour of agony because... Mm just was spawn death, spawn death, spawn death. Um, and also, it's not a very pretty game and not that that should be the be all and end all, but the problem with a game looking ugly in a gameplay sense is that it's really fucking hard to see enemies sometimes because it's that fucking ugly, which means it's really easy for people to figure out the spots so they can hide in the little shadowy sections mm. and the shit that you just have no chance of seeing and then because it's a massively highly lethality game, which I, you know, I enjoy the tension of, it just feels unfair. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to jump ahead to do a contrast because I've recently returned to Day of Infamy, which, if you're a Day of Defeat fan, you should absolutely give a crack. Or if you're an Insurgency fan, which is the developers who made Insurgency, which was sort of like Counter-Strike but with higher lethality mm-hmm. and a little bit more slower pace and more tactical because of the lethality and the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, to comparing, like Day of Infamy is that plus Day of Defeat. Pfft. Boom! That's that's the sales pitch, and I I played it in beta, and that was fun. Um, you know, it had some problems, and the, the community wasn't that big, so there weren't people playing on Australian servers. But I saw that they released an Aussie update, so they've released a free Aussie faction. So I had to jump in and had a crack at that, um, and it's great. The accents are perfect and whatnot, but it's <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and it's the kind of game that I wish that you guys would get into <laughs> because. <laughs> It's again, it's not a steep so much a steep learning curve as it is you've kind of really gotta take a few seconds and or not a few seconds, but you you like you know you've got to learn your map. Um, and while you're learning the map you're gonna get shot a whole bunch and it's not the best thing to be super aggro in this game, although there are definitely moments where it calls for it and it's rewarded. Um, but it really rewards tactical play. You've got your proximity VoIP stuff happening as well. Uh-huh. So you can hear enemies calling out orders. You know that if you're calling out orders to your teammates that the bad dudes might hear you and um one shot to the chest is usually the end. Grenade's super lethal um, and there's even a class that has rocket launches which is just fucking dirty. Obviously they can only fire once and then have to sort of spend a lot of time reloading. But um, in terms of when you're on either a server where the teams are fairly evenly balanced or when you're on a, a, a team that it plays really well, uh, it's a very addictive and intense experience and, you know, getting into actually getting into a firefight, one that lasts more than a second is really intense and you know because friendly fire is always on you're always checking yourself when you're moving around corners and if you, if you hesitate <laughs> you get killed yeah. um if you fire it might be a teammate because their icons do show up but only once you're aiming at them so if you're doing a flick shot <clears throat> you probably fuck stuff up but there's lots of like you, you've got to play to your class so there was these sort of frontline assault class. I can't remember. So like, if you've got an SMG, you want to get up close. Those things are fucking garbage at range. So you're basically there to be sprinting around corners. I I've found a guy with a shotgun. My God, was that satisfying? High lethality games plus shotguns. Forget about it. Like it was just pop around a corner shot, shot, like taking out half their team. Hmm. And then, you know, that t- like, getting kills actually means more because it's not so much eating away at tickets as it is eating away at respawns. So you've only got a set amount of waves, they call it, for respawns. And every time you die, you're eating into those waves and you you might come back 30 seconds later with everyone else who's died on your team. But you can earn more uh, waves by playing the objective, capturing points, getting enough kills and stuff like that. So I feel that... like. The kills actually mean more. But then you've got shit like grenades, man. And, like, you can't just throw grenades around corners like you do in Battlefield and throw and forget. Like, you've got to make sure that you mates are ahead. I've been friendly fire killed so many times in that fucking game, and I still haven't friendly fire killed anyone yet, Touchwood. wood. Um, but, like, I don't even get that angry about it most of the time because you just, like... I'm so I'm behind enemy lines and they've just thrown a grenade, <laughs> like fuck. Or you know, I've I've come back to to rally, like shit. There's so many. I've got to run back around this corner and there's hmm. dude see this dude sprinting around a corner from near the enemy spawn and they shoot you and it's like ah, oh, I can't even get angry at that guy. <laughs> but like when you get people working together and like there's an officer role and the officer needs a radio man to call in orders and support. And he calls in artillery support around a point that you want to catch. So they all back off and then you move in and you get your MG guy up in this beautiful position above it. And then a sniper watching over the back. Like mm. it's really intense. And and you can pick up like running out of ammo. So you pick up an enemy's gun, but you can't reload because you don't have their ammunition, pick up their grenades. It's fucking, it's really satisfying. So if it goes on special again, I'd recommend you, Luke, getting yeah. it with other people. And Day of we'll, Infamy. Yeah, like if you were into Day of Defeat or yeah. Insurgency, um, get it. And like, it's it's fun by yourself, but you you're going to take a little bit to to get your head around everything. Like you can have you can have success early on if you're good at shooting or if you know which you are and you understand the concept of like the enemy's coming from that way. I'm just going to camp this choke point. I'm going to get a lot of kills. Um, but like the capturing of flags the being behind enemy lines being that last person alive and it tells you you're the last one alive and you're defending the last point and if you clear the enemies off that point you know that your teammates can respawn like it's fucking it's really intense and really satisfying and there's co-op as well so if you want to learn the ropes you can do solo play you can do cooperative play against bots and um, which is a good way to learn the maps and then you go into the fight proper and it's um, very satisfying yeah cool sounds good and we just covered two games for the price of one boom <laughs> uh north guard strategy game yeah i think i've maybe talked about this before so yeah your job i can't remember it would have been me um and that was before they released a new faction so i wanted to take the new faction for a spin uh and also see what sort of updates they've done like just a quick recap if you were into settlers back in the day before settlers got weird and sprawling and less cute yeah um, this game is for you and it's cheap, and it's really, really tight given its pre-early uh, access. I don't know if it's pre Sorry, it's early access state. It's only skirmishes and multiplayer that are available at the moment. But like those sort of settlers games, um, and other things like Civ, I believe, which I haven't played, and uh, things maybe Rise of Nations from hmm. memory, you can win to your preferred playstyle, or more accurately, to your clans preferred playstyle. So you can have military wins, which I've done. You can have economic wins. You can have wins by just chasing after the blessings from the gods. So you can really... Focus on that kind of playstyle that you want to do. You've got to do a bit of everything anyway. Mm -hmm. You've got to have, you know, your income sorted and food and uh, wood because when winter hits, like you start consuming a lot more of that. But then there's god abilities that you can unlock to reduce the impact of that. But every once in a while, they have like a, a randomized disaster that happens, and some of them are laughably easy. Like rats are coming, and you're like, if you've got one food silo, it just does nothing. But the other one is like a blizzard in winter, and then you better have like a shitload of resources. Otherwise, you're running out. Your people are getting unhappy. If your people get unhappy, your happiness rating drops below zero. You stop attracting new people to your town and it can be hard to turn that around. And the whole other time, like you've got uh, the world, environmental creatures attacking you if, if um, if they're bordering your territory and then you might have enemies attacking you, but it might be in your best interest to create diplomatic relations with them. I haven't played any PvP multiplayer. When it comes to RTS, I'm less interested in PvP and more about, like, co-op skirmish. Um, We haven't done that either. But, yeah, if you guys uh, like that game style, I know that Squirrel's champing at the bit to to play it, but I think he wants to do PvP, which I don't think is fair because um, Northgard has fucking hell of a learning curve, man. I'm talking like I had to play four to six hours uh, before... I wrap my head around it. It doesn't really teach you a whole lot. It's very basic in terms of it. Like, there's no tutorial, yeah. but it'll kind of give you tips on what you need to do. But then there's shit like, your happiness will be at one, but it's not really telling you why it's not at two, or yeah. why it's not at three. Like, so you kind of shooting a bit in the dark and and once you get into a bit of a rhythm of it you're okay i know what i'm doing now i know what i have got to do in my early game to get to mid game to make it through winter comfortably um and you start like chess it's a bit more like chess because you're planning four or five uh, moves ahead because you know you've got limited resources that you know are going to be fucked up in winter so do i build that building now improve my happiness or to improve my gold income when I probably need to hang on to that wood mm-hmm. for winter stuff like that yeah and then there's you know you're restricted to the amount of build slots that you have per territory so you're like okay this territory has two build slots and it's got a you know lake with fish in it which is really good for food income so i want to take advantage of that but it's also got stone and a forest so forest will give me a wood boost but i need stone to upgrade my buildings but i can only have two buildings at once so do i get the stone mined and then when it disappears, destroy the building and build the forest <laughs> there. You know, it's like you're making, constantly making these decisions. Yeah, uh, and, to, and even in terms of which territories you grab, and you've got to have a scout, which I hate. I hate using the scouts. It just fucking seems like a waste of a person. But you've got to use your scouts to scout out territory you can leave them on automatic and they'll go do random shit or you can force them to scout the closest territory and then yeah you really like can the enemy get to me easily um if i take this point early is there a wolf's den in the next territory which means that wolves will constantly be respawning and sporadically attacking do i then need to up my military presence early on to cover my borders and yeah it's really satisfying it's really chilled um at times, but also can be quite intense when the shit starts in fan and, and when some of your earlier decisions you realize in mid-game have kind of fucked you. Yeah. <laughs> but you just want to roll with the punches anyway and see where it goes. Hmm. But if you're into a strategy that's not all about you know massive base building and, and dominating your enemy through military might, although that is an option to just smash them through military and there's a clan for that, um, give it a crack. And the, the cool thing about the military stuff is it's always there as a backup like you can press V I'm not sure if this carries over to multiplayer I hope it does you press V at any time and it will tell you the five four or five different victory conditions that are in play Yeah. and it'll also have a little graph just a simple at a glance colorized graph to show how you're tracking compared to everyone else so if you see some cheeky motherfucker like me clearly going for the economic win Mm. um, you can stop trading with me (laughs) fuck my economy a little bit not fuck my economy but like take away that extra gold incentive or you can boost up your uh, military Mm -hmm. and start go oh he stupidly built a fucking trading uh, outpost at this land that's bordering mine so I'm going to go in there I'm going to just kill all his people and as soon as you kill the people you don't have to destroy the buildings unless it's a tower Mm -hmm. Um, as soon as you destroy or kill all the people the territory starts getting captured for you and then you can like pay food to conquer the territory and then the buildings stay there like they're yours. I think you got to repair them, but so you can steal people's shit. It's fucking dirty. Yeah. It sounds like it's got an
1: influence from, um, uh, civilization as well, is there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I never got into Civ because of turn-based stuff. And ironically, I've actually started casually, which doesn't sound like the right term for what I'm about to say, playing, uh, the original XCOM on my laptop. Oh, okay. Cause I'm like, I've, not the original, I should say. Enemy unknown, not the oh, super okay. ones. Yeah, so I'm like, I feel like I've missed out. I've heard so many people rave about. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, rave about it, and I think my stance on like fuck turn based, it's for Monopoly, um, just isn't good enough anymore. And I've certainly enjoyed turn based in smaller doses, like in the Total War games. Um, I really enjoyed the turn based campaign map style. So, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get 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 good. At that and uh get a bit more taste for turn-based games because i understand there's a lot of really good ones big ones out there that i've missed out on like civilization like xcom
1: civ's awesome seems really good uh except you lose all your time um forever forever and uh xcom's good as well but it's hard <laughs> it's very hard yeah i've noticed that even like sort of from the outset it's it's tricky mm. yeah you can get quite a while into that game and just be like well I'm fucked, I've got to start again because <laughs> you <laughs> 'cause you you've just completely stuffed everything up. Oh, well I look forward to hitting that wall. Second one is a bit more um uh not as brutal. Bit more weird. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well I don't think that'll run on my
1: laptop. Um, unless That's fair enough.
0: Alright, what else we got here we can talk about? Um Next Mukinah. Next machina, what is what is this? That what? is House Mark's latest twin stick shooter holy fucking shit is that game awesome yeah now bear in mind i've only played half an hour but (laughs) i'm like you play five minutes and you get exactly what it's about yeah and you're like i don't i don't again i don't see it as a game that i would play for hours i see it as a game that i would play in half hour bursts whenever like you know one of those sort of things where you're like i've got 20 minutes 30 minutes to kill before a train or a movie or something fuck it take it for a spin. It's like that awesome, really well honed, awesome soundtrack, amazing visuals, um, top-down twin-stick, shoot the fucking arcade experience. And it's so addictive. And I was playing the arcade mode where you get 99 lives, or sorry, 99 credits, so they're really leaning into the arcade thing. Mm. Uh, And I think you get like three or four lives per try, but um, it's one hit and you're dead, unless you get a shield and enemies start out as just kind of like running towards you and swarming you and then they start eventually shooting shit but you get into this awesome rhythm of shooting and dodging and ducking because you can do an invincible dodge uh sorry slide whatever you want to call it it's pretty cool but if you time it wrong and you're gonna if you land on an enemy when it finishes you're dead but if you time it right you can go through them okay so you can get power-ups for your weapons for your weapon range for how many you know how it shoots out like like a shotgun uh, and then you get triple dash power-ups which is very good but as soon as you die you lose all your power-ups so and then you're also incentivized to save the humans in in the area and there's this certain type of enemy that will try to eat them but it takes a few seconds before it does it so you'll get this like warning thing and a red line telling you to go over there so you like suddenly dashing over there firing off shots everywhere to try to get the horde like make a hole through the horde to grab the human to duck back to you know kind of try to sh- shepherd them through over over a bridge so they can't spread out too far it's really really like just that so easy you get what it's selling immediately. Mm-hmm. You, you just, you're you like, okay, I got this. And it's got like two or three buttons. Yeah. Max. <laughs> and <this laughs> so
1: everything it's everything explodes on the screen.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like oh, my biggest concern with twin stick shooters is that you get lost, you know, you get lost in what's going on. It, it's always that push and pull of tracking your avatar versus tracking where your projectiles are going. Yeah. And I don't think some of them do the best job of that. Um, but, house mark i think has fucking nailed it and even though the screen is busy it's busy as fuck i don't feel like i've ever lost track of my guy um the projectiles are big like they're big balls so you can see exactly where it's going so you just you kind of end up watching your dude more than your projectiles and just kind of understanding that Okay, I can. They're big enough that I can see them out of the side of my eyes or the the corners of my vision. Mm. Uh, so I'm just. It's more important for me to track where my dudes at and where the threats are coming from, and also where am I going to go next? Or if you get backed into a corner, it's like I've got to shoot my way out. And surviving some of the bullshit back to the wall, fucking completely surrounded and swarmed by like massive little mini bosses as well as. Uh, little guys and there are big boss battles as well which are pretty satisfying uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun i think it's another one that's not that expensive it's
1: 15 bucks at the moment it's on sale until next month so uh australian that's about what
0: 18 dollars something like that yeah that's a, yeah 30 percent off at the moment normal price of 20 bucks usd so that might go down a bit more in the sale you never know but um yeah, if you're into twin-stick shooters, have a look at the trailer. The soundtrack is perfect. Like it, the visually and in terms of the soundtrack and the, even the sound effects, it's perfect. And it reminds me of why am I blanking on this? What were those old, old as fuck plane games? You know, where the planes always moving forward and the top-down view, and all these enemies are coming at you from the top of the screen. Like a tack chopper, that type of. That type. Like I, I used to play a Somewhere. I used to play a World War II one all the time. Is the, the difference here is that you're not constantly being pushed forward? Um, you got a bit of choice, and it just you you know that you're fighting over one space that might be over a, f- a few different screens, but um, it's all easy to track, and and the transitions between levels is is really cool, and it's it's just fucking funky, man. It's just a game where you're like, this is fucking cool, and Housemark usually, I think correct me if I'm wrong to date has only released games on PlayStation they've had some sort of exclusivity thing let me have okay. a look no I'm lying they also did Outland <laughs> so if you were into Outland which I have yet to play which is really bad because it looks gorgeous but that wasn't a twin stick shooter um, it was an RPG it, wasn't it oh it was like sorry side scroller oh.
1: thing what am I thinking of I'm not sure
0: mm, never mind but um, yeah if you've yeah. had a chance I mean we did we played Alienation right yeah yep. uh, what was their other one didn't they do another one they didn't do Helldivers did they uh, I'm not sure let me quickly look I'm okay. naughty typing no nope. uh, Arrowhead uh, so Mark did Stardust Super Stardust oh yeah I don't know I'm just they've done a lot of stuff actually but Dead Nation is the one I'm thinking of that was yep. the first twin stick shooter of theirs that I played liked it had a lot of fun with it, um, and then oh, they did Resogun as well. Okay, Resogun, Alienation. Uh, so yeah, I, I've actually gone back to Alienation recently, playing with with my lady because we were playing Hell Divers, and fuck, that's a mistake because that game is punishing as fuck <laughs> and, and not the best for you know i mean it's hard for me a seasoned game let alone someone who's sort of new to twin stick shooters and especially one that has friendly fire <laughs> so alienation and like hey it doesn't have friendly I'm fire fucking sure to me. you can take a few hits and <laughs> yeah. uh we can heal each other and there's kind of like this class system and yeah it's a little bit more chill um and a lot more fun and less frustration yeah sounds cool that just came out like
1: two days ago yeah, it's um, coming out the 20th, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Next Machina. All right. Uh, so let's talk about some Wii U, Wii games. Not Wii U. No, not Wii. What's it Switch. called? Switch. Fuck. With the, Wii, the Wii 3. <laughs> the Wii 3. Yeah, I was drawing a blank. I was like, these aren't uh, normal games. These are Nintendo games. These ones. Uh, Switch games. S- yep.
0: Zelda. Have you been playing Zelda recently?
1: Um, Not recently, but it's, it's on my list of like, oh, that's a game I need to get back to. But at the same time, that's a game I need to get back to when I've got eighty hours. Like yeah, at least hours.
0: I, I hear. You know, I, I'm the same way as you. I, I felt like. When it first came out, I was well on board and, you know, I was putting in massive chunks of time. I think yeah. like first it was 10 hours and then over the, the course of the weekend, it was sort of four hours here, six hours there, that type of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was really rewarding. Um, And I was like, no, okay, same thing. Like, I'm only going to come back when I've got big chunks of time. But then I realized I've stopped playing it. you have lost my momentum. You've lost the flow of where you're at in app. Yeah. Yeah. What was that thing that you mentally made a note of at that one town that you've got to go back to? So now I've just sort of said, fuck it. Um. There's a lot of sports happening at the moment. So you have cricket, rugby, league or union on the background. And the great thing about sports is you put it on the background, you play fucking Zelda, and when shit happens, people get loud. <laughs> oh, he's about to have a try. Oh, he's bowled him. And then you just look up and watch the replay. So I watch sports and I play Zelda. <laughs> like It's pretty fucking cool. But I'm I'm actually really... Surprised still surprised and impressed by that game. Because I still think it's crazy that they made a Zelda game this fucking punishing and hardcore and like I'm sure that they wanted kids, right? To get into it. But I go to air you like, you just walk into an area and you're like, Oh, this looks like somewhere I'm supposed to be. I mean there's a main objective over here and then you just get one shot. Ah like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Like okay, I haven't saved it in a while. That's my bad. I, I stumbled across a giant mm. the other day, uh, and that's a problem. Like the risk, like exploration becomes a massive risk reward. I came across this giant, and I was kicking the shit out of him, like just fucking wailing on him. I'm like feeling really good about myself because I'm like this guy is multiple levels above me. I've disabled that shit where, you know, did you disable the option where you can use the accelerometer or whatever, like you can use the gyroscope rather to to aim? No, I've got that on. (laughs) Fuck, man, I turned it off immediately because I found that it was throwing my aim more than it was helping it. So I turned that off and, like, so I'm, like, used to aiming on pc you know where i can do whatever the fuck i want this is a bit harder but i've gotten really good at like pinpointing headshots and stuff and this particular boss is a cyclops so he's got one eye i'm shooting him in the eye to stun him and i'm getting in there getting my combos on my weapons are breaking i'm getting my you know next one out I'm getting this really good flow and then he he changes his parameters and he starts blocking his eye and i'm like oh Oh, i remember this boss yeah (laughs) oh did you beat him yeah yeah i think i did And then I just, I couldn't, like, I, I just lost all my confidence with my shots, and I wasn't able to get up to his eye quick enough. I didn't even know if I was doing it right after that, to be honest. I was dropping bombs and blowing up trees, so he couldn't pick them up and hit me with them. (laughs) But it was like, it's like moments like that. Even when you get your ass kicked, I'm still having fun with the game. And I, I hit a wall in one of the dungeons because it was a combat challenge, and I just don't have enough health to. And you know, like, you've got to be really methodical in I don't know about other Zelda games but this one you have to be methodical in terms of like you've got to do your upkeep so you've got to keep yeah. making your stupid fucking meals all the time and if you haven't done that recently and you've just been immersed in this world for two hours and then you get into this fight mm-hmm. you've got to get health and you're like oh fuck I feel like I, I, I don't... know which dungeon you're talking about <laughs> I think it said it was like a moderately challenging fight or something
1: yeah yeah I remember doing one or I only did one of those pretty sure and i just got my ass handed to me every time i tried it i think i eventually got it but it took a while
0: i just feel like this one i'm just going to come back to because i don't want to get frustrated and i realized that you know there is a very kind of simplistic progression path for getting more health i stupidly prioritized my climbing first and i was building up my stamina and i was like this is stupid you're getting sorry
1: to cut you off but i've heard a lot of people say that that's what you should be doing like prioritize stamina
0: Really? Yeah. I think that there's so many little ways to glitch the climbing, and I've got two out of the three climbing bits of equipment. Um, so if I really get desperate, I can th- like throw that on because I mainly I don't switch my shit that often. You know, mm-hmm. I, I if I'm doing something stupid like trying to catch crickets, I'll switch into my stealth armor. <laughs> But mostly I'm in this awesome swimming armor. Do you have the, that yet? Have you done that? I, I don't have any of this shit you're talking about. Have you done the elephant <laughs> um, boss, God thing, dungeon puzzle? Um, you know, the main quest, you got to do these four beasts or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. None of those. No. Right. Well, fucking elephant is a, is a cunt, but, <laughs> but I finally beat it and uh, you should do it because the reward is amazing. Like okay. it's on a, Twenty second cool no, ten or twenty minute cooldown I should say. But you die and you instantly get respawned with like six extra health things. So Ooh. it lets you be a little bit more cocky in your fights, uh, the first time. <laughs> yeah. Without feeling like, oh, I'm gonna die and I'm gonna fucking lose all of this fucking progress and or more importantly the distance. And again, you've got to be methodical with the going to the towers so you can unlock the region and ugh. You know, fast travel zones, I've, I've been in an area right now, I'm trying to do my second beast, divine beast, that's what they're called, and I'm in a fire area? Did you go to the fucking, the, the lava area? Um, no. Okay, so let me give you a pro tip for the lava area. Uh, everything that you have that is wooden will burn there. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> So all of my bows disappeared. (laughs) Like, they're just burning. Uh, You can get potions for resistance, but I haven't learned how to make them yet. So I've only, I've just run out of the last potion that I have trying to get to uh, basically a fast travel point. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) it's... Are are you
1: sure your prey bug didn't just happen to come across to Zelda as well?
0: (laughs) Well, fuck, wouldn't that be the word? No, no, it was because you can bring up your inventory and you can see it. And it (laughs) took me a while to learn that I think actually Joby told me, but I forgot, and I had to relearn that... When there's, Have you been in a storm yet with lightning? Yeah, once, and I think I got electrocuted. Yeah, so if you've got anything metal-equipped, you get electrocuted. So yeah. so you jump in and you hope that you've got a stick or you just unequip everything and you hope you don't run into a fight, and then you come across those kind of smaller little squid-like guardians just chilling out in the fields with the giant laser beam eyes. Have you fought them yet? Uh,
1: they're made of, like... Rocks or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look yeah, like. Yeah, I just got. I remember when I stopped playing. I got to a part of the game where there was a bunch of them, and, and I most, just started killing them.
0: Most of the ones I've encountered are stationary, and then you'll go into some section where they're like running. These, yeah, truck. these ones are moving. Fuck! Yeah. Like it's it's fucking it's really hectic, and I just feel so under equipped for so many fights in this game. Um, but yeah, I really it's so easy to just get back into it, you know what I mean? Like, just to get back into that rhythm of exploration. And i am actually run out of secondary quests at the moment. Not that I've done them all. Like, I just haven't unlocked right. anymore. And I'm back onto doing the main quest, which is a bit shit, because half of the main quest, as I'm sure you're up to, is finding the fucking memories.
1: I only, I, I think I did one of those.
0: Yeah, but if, if apparently if you want the proper ending, you've got to do right. all the memories, and you've got to do the four divine beasts to get because I know Job got chipped on the ending, because um, he hadn't done the memories. But um, I have found two of them so far, and I okay. think that there's a system to finding them. But it, it seems to have stopped. So you've got to kind of got to stumble across this thing to find a hint for where they are. Yeah, but it shows this are really- like a picture, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but like, the the picture's available all the time, but if you haven't been to those areas, you've got no fucking idea yeah. what you're looking at, right? And mm. I'd, I would hope that, like, the, the two that I've found, there's been a dude who I've done a little quest for, and then he said, hey, here's a tip for, but he doesn't say directly, but he's like, yeah, there's this thing that you might want to check yeah. out, and sure enough, it turns out to be a memory. Yeah. And I found him twice, and he moves around a bit, um and so he's helped me find two memories. But... I I stumbled on him both times. So now I'm reliant on unlocking new areas and stumbling on him maybe to help me find the other seven. Yeah. Or eight, rather. Fuck. <laughs> and then I'm hoping to find more side quests because, yeah, again, I feel totally under underspec'd for what I'm trying to do in the main quest um, in terms of my armor and my health. And have you found the fairy yet? Probably haven't, actually. The fairy fountain, I should say. Yeah,
1: I did oh okay and so then she was like go collect things or something like that I can't really remember
0: yeah but apparently and I've done it once but I can't remember which set of armor you can use her to buff your armor okay, uh, okay. which is apparently a very good idea uh, but she I can't remember what her currency is she wants something is it tears or something like that maybe and then there's the whole korok seed <laughs> okay. thing yeah I heard about it's, that one Find that maraca, like, but that's great because the more corexeds you find, the more you can upload, uh, unlock weapon, bow, and and um, shield slots. Mm. So that's super useful, all of them. So you kind of like, oh fuck, I've got to find more of these little invisible wankers, so <laughs> I can find this dickhead with his maracas and get him to give me more slots. Because there's nothing worse than. Like, your inventory is full. Because I just mash, you know, pick everything up. Yeah. Killed stuff. And then you've got to go do some inventory management. So, like you were saying earlier with Darksiders, uh, Zelda's another game that could benefit from a very quick comparison system or a Mm. better one or an instant swap out system instead of having to go into your fucking inventory all the time. Yeah. And I still think the weapon degradation system is not right. Like, you've run out of... Like, your weapon breaks in the middle of a fight and then it doesn't automatically switch to the next one? Like, what does that add to the experience apart from me pausing the game to switch to the next weapon? Like, that's... And I don't... Like, it doesn't actually stay in real time. It's not like... It's not like uh, The Last of Us, you know, When whenever you're interacting with your backpack, you're still in the game, you're still real-time. Like, enemies can still attack you and shit, so there's a real risk-reward to building something on the fly yep. that might help you in a fight or might heal you. So you really want to do that before a fight, but you've got the option to do it, but it's it's tense. Like, you maintain the tension, you don't feel like, oh, well, I pause the game, so which weapon do I really want to have out now? So they've got a few missed opportunities there, but, I mean, on the whole, it's still just as engaging as it was when i was playing it at launch hmm.
1: yeah i mean that's that's kind of my feelings on it as well Is i do want to get back to it it's just that i'm going through this list of, of games that i want to play right and and i thought well i can i can bash darksiders out in maybe what 18 hours 20 hours something like that and then i want to do i want to finish mass effect uh, andromeda just see how that wraps up i'm pretty close to the end of that i've probably got about another 10 hours i think and then I wanna also play um, I wanna finish Dishonored. I wanna get back into that. It's on two. Yeah. I was talking to you about that. And there's Sniper Elite Four. Like when that I've still goes got that installed. Yeah, because me and you were gonna play some co-op on that. So I wanna I wanna jump into yep. that one as well. And then I wanna get back into Fallout Four at some stage, because I never really finished that. So yeah. I'll probably start a new. Uh, I'll probably start from scratch again with that one because I I played quite a bit of that but it came out at you know the end of the
0: year and um you know it it got just got lost right so yeah and and the good thing about coming back to a game like that is you know that there's going to be all these mods that make it look so much fucking better
1: yeah but so i'm looking at my time played on that i spent 35 hours playing it but i'm probably gonna have to start again because i want to i'm just gonna forget everything right All, all the stuff that i've done yeah, so that's I, the problem
0: with leaving one of those sorts of um, games, isn't it? Bethesda Game Softworks.
1: Yeah. So then I'll f- I want to get to Fallout and also I, I think I'll prioritize Zelda over Fallout or something like that because um, I do want to spend more time in Zelda. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's good. It's fun. Really good game. How's uh, Mass Effect? Um, I'm enjoying aspects of it like they've fixed a bunch of stuff that's in there but it's still not it is a letdown in terms of what like expectations were Compared to the last couple
0: of games, did you play any of them? Did no. You? So this was my first one, and I got about four or five, six, maybe hours in, and yeah. I'm, I just gave up. I'm like, this is this is not a good game. This is not good storytelling. These are not good characters, and the gameplay is yeah. not that great either. So why the fuck am I still playing this?
1: Yeah, there's not. I, I would wouldn't suggest you keep playing it. Oh, uh, that's sad. Two I was, two was really I fucking good. good. One, I, I couldn't get into. Uh, yeah, I hated one. Two is good. Um, three was was also good this it's just the overall story was let down it, like the ending i was like oh man yeah all right fair enough but otherwise it was it was really good um this one was just it's just was buggy and animation issues story was all sorts of jank um the combat wasn't great the whole getting in your car and driving around and Like, oh, you can't step outside because there's radiation and this planet is cold and this planet has... It's hot outside. (laughs) Like, all these different gimmicky things I would kind of throw at you um, to stop you from getting into certain areas is kind of stupid. But I just want to see where the story goes and how it wraps up. That's because I've invested so much time into it um, at this point. I just want to... I'm I'm pretty much going through all the relationship quests at the moment. I want to tie off all of them, do all the uh, companion... Uh, loyalty missions and then wrap up the game and see where I'm at I, I'm, I think I've got five to ten hours left it seems like <laughs> hopefully <laughs>
0: no but that that makes sense man if you've put in yeah. that much time you kind of you've got to slog it out right
1: yeah yeah but I do think it's not nearly as good as the other games I I would probably if I was to slap a number on it that now that I've played this much of it
0: maybe a five or a six I think. Holy shit, dude! That's a lot of time invested for a five or a six buck.
1: Yeah, on my scale, it, that's about an average. I think it's about an average game. Yeah. Um. Anyway,
0: uh, tell us about Street Fighter. Uh, it's not worth sixty bucks. I mean, I already knew that. You should. I think you would buy buy it for thirty bucks and you'd feel pretty happy. Um. I'm. i really like it though, like I just, the price yeah, I don't understand how you reskin something and you say it's just 60 bucks and like the thing of Street Fighter 2 is, apart from a whole bunch of different characters is that the moveset compared to what you would expect from a fighting game today is really limited Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm enjoying as someone who's very rusty when it comes to fighting games um, and has big gaps in his fighting game time spent in you know certain franchises and whatnot i am really enjoying that i can go look at the moves list and there's like six moves or something like that like on top of your whatever basic punch combos and things like that so and uh you can also play it with one of the joy cons you can just it's immediately set up for playing uh competitively on on one screen with someone in your home friend or whatever uh which is cool because there's not that many buttons that's about it like it looks pretty it looks way prettier and I haven't tried out the new gimmicky fucking whatever Switch mode thing they have but um, it's what I remembered and it's a good little nostalgia hit and it's good to have some games on my Switch that aren't just Zelda or Mario Kart so, Ultra Street Fighter 2, the
1: final challenges. Who, who are the final challenges? I've oh, well,
0: no fucking idea, man. <laughs> <You don't know. laughs> the, the, the names of these Street Fighter series has just always been ridiculous, hasn't it? The more that they step outside of it just being Street Fighter plus number. <laughs> like e- Evil Ryu, is that who it is? I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe. They've got an Evil Ryu and they've got an Evil Can, I want to say, or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't remember Street Fighter 2 well enough to remember... Everyone who was there, um, everyone who I remembered there is there. But okay. these, yeah, this, maybe the evil forms are, are it. I'm yeah. Sure, someone will be able to tell us. Is that a retail release or is it just digital? It's retail okay. or digital, 60 bucks, whatever way you cut it. Get it secondhand off some sap who's gone, fuck this, can't believe we paid that much, but just part with it for 20, 30 bucks. Like, fucking yes, if you want an awesome little nostalgia hit. And then, again, the Switch is it needs more games. Fuck, it needs more games. And by the end of the year, I feel like it will be something that might be able to be recommended. That yeah. new Mario game looks fucking awesome. I'm actually yeah, nice. looking forward to playing Mario plus Rabbids, strangely, even though I just said I'm not really into turn-based I'm starting to get back into it. I want to get into that. I feel like if it's meant for kids, it'll probably be a bit more user-friendly. And if that's like my first XCOM, <laughs> then cool
1: i've heard some good things about that one as well but at the same time like uh you know it's maybe one level that people have played so who knows
0: yeah well i mean that's out august isn't it so that's that one's out a bit sooner rather than later plus mario coming a month or two after that i've never actually ever played a kirby game so take the kirby game for a spin and yeah that yoshi game looks like a all right little side-scrolly platformer thing so why not so i think yeah by the end of the year there'll be some things there will be enough and i'm I'm wondering you know what i'm honestly wondering if i'm going to be tempted to get skyrim as much as i teased it um because the idea of like because i man i put 100 odd hours into skyrim i fucking loved it so the idea that i could Be playing on a bus or a plane or something like that like one of those games where you know you're just going to get lost and immersed and if you're doing another playthrough you can play it kind of completely differently Um, and areas that I didn't even explore, I didn't even really touch the main quest, like there's just so much in the core Skyrim game that I haven't even fucking touched after 100 hours (laughs) so I'm wondering, and also you can play it while you're having a shit, so you know it's good Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and and uh,
1: Splatoon 2 is out soon, right?
0: Yeah. I've played that and um, I like it. So that's out. ARMS is out, which is getting a, a higher reviews than I was expecting, to be fair. I've, I'm told that it has, I mean, I've got a copy. I've only just downloaded it. I haven't taken it for a spin yet, uh, except for the preview that I played. I'm told that it has um, a surprising amount of depth that isn't, Salt like isn't you aren't told about it. It's not really covered in the tutorial. You kind of got to cover it. So I'm very interested to to have a crack at it after looking at what people have discovered online and seeing if it's something I could get into. It's I mean it's, it's an easy sell as a party game, right? Like someone comes yeah. over and they're like, "Hey, you just put something on the switch." You know, you throw on Street Fighter, but you'd also throw on this game as long as you had a second set of Joy Cons, because I think it'd make a good drinking game.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll see how that console pans out towards the end of the year, right?
0: <laughs> Trying to of like the Xbox One X, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's that's everything, I think. Um, yeah, I haven't played too much. Battlegrounds, a lot of Battlegrounds still rolling through that. You haven't really played too much of it recently, nope, have you? not recently, no. No. A uh, new patch just dropped, I guess, while we're recording, but it's just a weekly patch, so it just does a bunch of updates and whatnot they're going to do a monthly patch next week so that'll be two new weapons uh adding in a glock and a new assault rifle i believe and uh, a bunch of other new changes um what i will say is i i did watch some uh esports play unknowns battlegrounds over the weekend which was dreamhack had a tournament and um they've they've kind of done it in the style that joe and i were talking about of how would you run a, a tournament uh, like in esports of Battlegrounds, which is you run multiple games and then depending on where you rank, you get points on, um, you know, your placement. Uh, sort of like we were kind of, I was attributing it to more like a Formula One, like racing style event where it's not about how many, you know, the person that comes last on the, oh, sorry, first in the last race, it's it's how they go overall, you know, throughout the entire course of all the, the races. So this is similar type of, um, scoring system which i think is is a good way to do it and uh the other thing they're doing with it is not only do you do get points in your placement but also points on how many kills you get they were doing i think they were doing five points or something like that per kill which i thought was quite low because as far as i was as far as i can remember i think it was a thousand points per uh for first place and then i think second place was like 750 and then it kind of went down the tree from there. Um, this is just like off the top of my head, but I, uh, I think they should be doing more points for kills. Not a lot more points, but five seems quite low. Like if you're killing 10 to 15 people, that's not really too much. Like it's not going to really get you any bit where or benefit you from being a, an aggressive player. And I know that that game is not all about being aggressive. It's about being the last one last man standing type thing um but at the same time i still feel like you should be rewarded a bit more for for eliminating people so um because there's really because re- at a certain point it becomes a point of well i can just kind of get into the middle of the circle and just camp it out and you don't really need to be involved at all of the game you can just kind of sit there for 25 30 minutes and not do anything and still get more points than someone's that that that's out there and being active and uh you know getting kills so it it doesn't really seem like the payoff is there at all which i thought was um you know not not great in terms of scoring system i think that there's still some tinkering they could do with that
0: absolutely because i think you've got two extremes with that game you've Hit the nail on the head with it. There's the Super Rambo version, which is probably not the best way to do it. Um, and then there's a the hide and seek yeah. version, which is also probably not the best way to do it, just exclusively hide and seek, nor exclusively playing as yeah. Rambo. Like it's somewhere in the middle, and your personal pr- play preference or even uh, situational stuff, the RNG gods, the circle RNG, will determine which one is the better. Hmm. Uh, Way to do it, or if you drop somewhere and you find there's 40 other parachutes with you, like you're going to have a Rambo moment, (laughs) or you're gonna die. Like, I don't think you're gonna survive that one hiding in a corner and and not getting a loot and whatnot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but they had uh, they had the spectator mode, and um, and they had some commentators commentating. It was really interesting, like seeing that game start and where everybody kind of landed and then the um the camera operators like switching between players and and sorry so this was actually a duos match so uh two people so 50 teams all up and you could see where everybody was landing on the map overall and they could just click on a player and kind of zoom in towards them or they could like zoom out really far and and get like an overall feel of where everybody was, and so when you would kind of see two teams that were near each other, they would then go, "Oh, let's go check out what's happening over here in the action in this part of the map," and, and and click on those guys, and then you'd see them in a firefight, and you'd watch them for a bit, and then one team would win, and they'd zoom back out of the to the map, and then be like, "Oh, all right, there's some action happening over here," type thing, and then jump into this area of the map. It was right, really a cool way of of watching how like this game unfolded and what was going on around. Um, and they, they were doing cool things like being able to, you could see players through like walls, they'd be highlighted. So you can kind of get an idea of where people were in the close vicinity.
0: That's such Um, a good idea.
1: Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, there's someone, you know, there's a duo here, but there's also some guys hiding in the house and you can see their name tags and their health. And, and yeah, I I think there's, they're off to a good start of making this an eSport or or like a, a really cool way of allowing people to watch it um you know i sat there and watched the an entire match and i thought yeah this is this is fun it's really cool to watch and although there were some clunky bits in there it's still got a bit of a ways to go it's it's a really cool start um you know i watch the twitch players all the time playing PUBG. you know i'll get home from work and um i'll be having a bit of dinner i'll just flick it on for a little
0: while and just watch watch some people play um, yeah, so I watch I, replays. The, yeah. the Twitch replays on YouTube, ironically, are um, <clears throat> always fucking entertaining, and I watch little tips videos occasionally or watch change in the meta, patch stuff, weapons tips, or or even just sick plays. Like, it's it's a game that is as... Well, maybe not as fun to watch, but it's a heaps of fun to watch, and it's heaps of fun to play. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so they've got the... Um I, I believe it's coming soon like in the next couple of months they're talking about the replay system and, and being able to um, actually jump in after a game and see where everybody landed in your actual game so like the 2D and 3D replay system which would be really um, really fun I think it'll also allow people to kind of report cheaters a bit easier because you'll be able to see then uh, you know you from a person's perspective what is actually going on um they they just need to do a bit of a better job of handling cheaters at the moment because I think they're quite slack.
0: So uh, Agreed I- from what I've seen and uh if there's one thing that will kill a game no matter how good it is, it's fucking cheating.
1: Yeah, cuz that was something I brought up yesterday with with our little group chat because we got uh we our, our squad got killed on Monday night in a really sus way and I actually um Uh, we were driving around in two cars and someone started shooting at the car we were in, but it, we were getting hit and something felt really off about it because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm driving this car and I'm like weaving in and out of stuff and, um, just trying to like avoid fire. But it was an onslaught of just shots for about five or six seconds. And generally when you're shooting one of those high powered assault rifles, you do it in like burst fire because you just you're not accurate with it um unless you're prone on a hill with a like the heavy machine gun which there's no recall on that thing at all but the the shots on this weapon that we were getting hit by a car it was like constant and every single shot was hitting he, he had our car on fire within about three or four seconds Sus- and um and i'm also weaving like in and out and, and over hills and shit and i'm just like what you hear me audibly say like what the hell's going on and my passengers like i don't i don't know something's not right um and then that moment we go over a hill and our other squad is behind us and as soon as we obviously break line of sight the other car starts getting hit at the same time and two of their guys get knocked out like headshots um and then they start yelling and like uh fuck i don't know so i i knew something was up straight away i basically uh I screen it or, or recorded the last, like, fight and um, looked at the guy's name and was like, oh, okay, I, I jumped onto, like, the stats page and had a look, and his stats weren't very good. I was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe we just got fucked by... <laughs> maybe he got good. Yeah, maybe it was just like, oh, well, he just smashed us all of a sudden. Um, maybe he just happened to be good, and we were playing shit, but it just didn't seem... Something about it just didn't seem right to me at all. And then yesterday I was looking at the leaderboards again and the dude that killed us all of a sudden was third place in Australia. And I was like, ah, okay, <laughs> something's going on here. Yeah, that's He's right. uh His kill death ratio has gone from like one point something up to seven. And he's now all of a sudden got a bunch of wins in a row. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, he's definitely cheating. Um, and I did a search for his name and a bunch of other people had made videos on him on YouTube in the last couple of days. Like, okay, yeah my suspicions were correct he was definitely cheating so and it looks like the top out of the top five players in australia at the moment uh, a couple of them are definitely cheating you just need to look at their stats like the guy coming first at the moment his name is ready to cheat or something like that and he's got <laughs> oh, his kill fuck. death ratio is like 20 <laughs> 20 yeah, kills per death fuck being in the server with that dickhead and it's just like how like these guys should be gone by now. They shouldn't be at the top of the leaderboard for four or five days straight. They, their name shouldn't be there anymore. They should be banned, uh, back banned, Um It just doesn't seem like they're on top of it for one of the most popular games
0: that's running right now. Doesn't it have BattleEye? Yeah, it's using BattleEye. That's funny because you talk to the cats at Ubisoft um, about Rainbow Six Siege and they say that... When I interviewed them and asked them about BattleEye, they said there's a time before BattleEye and there's a time after it. And they showed this awesome video of, like, as soon as they made it go live, this dude was streaming. And then the top right-hand corner was just fiddled with cheaters getting banned. Like this massive feed of, like, a mass disconnection, but Hmm. except it was just saying, this fuck has been banned from the server. And it was so good to see. But, I mean, I guess Siege doubles up, doesn't it? It's got two lots of anti-cheat. Yeah. yeah they Which is probably, probably the smarter way to do it. But I thought that battleeye they brought BattleEye in because I was more effective. I didn't realize that it was necessary for it to be complementary to whatever one they have that, that eludes me.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how integrated BattleEye is at the moment in PUBG. Like, what they're doing. Are they actually handing out bands at the moment? I'm not too sure.
0: Well, you're right. It wouldn't be that hard to look at the top 10, go YouTube those names as you did, and then find out some sus shit and go, you know what, we're investigating, or we're banning, or whatever. Oh, but even then, like, they've got the ability to look
1: at, like, where players are when they died, or even just their, their, just go through log files and be like, oh, okay, this seems a bit fucking sus here. This guy's yeah. got six headshots in a row, and he's killed, like, five people in ten seconds, <laughs> something like that, I don't know. but um, Oh, and then, like, just look at basic stats, right? Like, why has all of a sudden this player... Um, gotten good, <laughs> and, and that's something that that Siege was doing, right? They were taking into effect uh, st- statistics, right? Can you kill people this quickly at a certain amount of time? And if there was an anomaly there, it'd just ban you, like it knew that this wasn't right, that you weren't. It's not humanly possible to be that good at, yeah. at, at a game, um, and maybe and that let, stuff's not there anymore. I don't know.
0: And let people um, like write in to contest it. Because if you're cheating, you're not going to contest being banned as a cheater, are you? No. And there's
1: not a good way to actually report players at the moment in PUBG. You've got to actually go to an external website and submit a bunch of info, and it's a bit clunky. So, yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about some news, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, Last week was obviously E3. This week, there's some news coming out. Um, IO Interactive is now uh, independent. So they, they were part of the uh, Square Enix, and Square Enix is trying to get rid of them. Um, they were looking for buyers, but IO is now out. Uh, they've bought themselves. So they released a statement uh, last week basically saying that... Uh, what does it say here? They're proud to announce that today IO Interactive is now officially an independent studio. We have successfully concluded our negotiations with Square Enix and have agreed to a management buyout concurrent... Uh, sorry, crucially, we will keep all the rights to the Hitman IP, which is nice. something that um, a lot of people were hoping would happen. So it looks like that that um, sequel to or well, that season two of Hitman will now go ahead, as far as I'm aware. And um,
0: that'll probably come out quite soon, which is cool. And maybe it'll be better. Not that it's saying it was bad, but like if they can do whatever the fuck they want, right? Like, yeah, it might be good. That last the well that the current Hitman game is is good. More of that is
1: good. I'm all for it. Um, and the season stuff, the way they were doing it is really interesting as well. By having like elusive targets and and um, you know different challenges and that sort of stuff, it was an interesting way of doing it. Um, True. So that, that. That's cool that they get to keep all their rights and and make some more some more games. So yeah, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Atari is, um, they released a a new website a couple days ago and they put up a teaser video for some sort of console or some sort of box. Um, The website is ataribox.com. If you go there, you can watch their short little video, but have you looked at this at all? Have you seen it? No. No. The vibe I'm getting from it is that it could be like they could be riding the wave of their NES classic stuff that Nintendo did. You know that really little box they release and yeah. add, here's 30 it games. It shit. It sold like bananas, right? And, yeah, but it um, was shit. I, never, I didn't play one. I um, did. It was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> the word on the street is that Nintendo has stopped production on that one and they're pushing for a new Super Nintendo one. Oh, uh, that, that would shit me because I would have to get it. Yeah, I'd have to buy that one, which is apparently due out this year. And um, my guess is that Atari might be looking at that and saying, well we can we can do something similar right? We uh, we've made video games back then. I don't see them entering the console market like in terms of how consoles are produced these days. It just doesn't make sense to me <laughs> at all. Um, so that's why I feel them going for that nostalgia factor and putting something out that hey, we used to make these awesome games now you can play them on this little box that looks like an Atari.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Atari games all hold up that well. Yeah, um, they are very, very old. Uh,
1: but it's like if, if they can charge a hundred bucks for it and then pass off a hundred games or something like that, then yeah, it might be worth checking out. So let's keep strolling on through here. We've got uh, one that a lot of people were upset about. Take Two Interactive has sent out like a cease and desist letter. To a, um, like some uh, independent or some modders, basically, uh, for Grand Theft Auto, who create a software called Open, I think it's called Open Four. It's like Open IV. I don't know really. I don't really know how to pronounce it <laughs> or how they pronounce that. It's it's like a modding software where people can use to create their own mods for the Grand Theft Auto games, and um, they've basically come out and said we don't want you to use this anymore um, because as far as we're aware, you're infringing on our property. And, uh, yeah, they've copped a bit of backlash about this from the the Grand Theft Auto community.
0: Um, Overwhelmingly negative on Steam. Yeah, the
1: Steam rating has dropped from basically a positive on, like, the overall rating to mixed now. And the recent reviews are now overwhelmingly negative. So... It's, it's actually brought down the overall review of grand theft auto 5 from all of this um it's weird right that like grand theft auto is you know high ceiling game but i still see a lot of people playing grand theft auto 5 not only online but like the mod scene as well like there's a lot of cool mods out there that that people are getting into and and uh i, I guess i'm in two minds of it like I think that they're trying to protect the online scene because there is a lot of, uh, I think there's stuff that you can buy in there and and there's still a lot of people that are playing it and they don't want people cheating and whatnot. But at the same time, it's also helping to sell that game. Like people are making mods and and uh, yeah, it's just a weird spot to be in. I, I'm all for mods. I think I think people, I think they're cool. Like we wouldn't have a lot of our games right now if it wasn't
0: for mods. Yeah, mod support is great, and doing, like, they, they shit-canned that Red Dead Redemption mod recently, didn't they? Cease and desisted that. Yeah, I'm not sure. For, there was a GTA five mod that got cease and desisted, um, which was going to be Red Dead Redemption on PC, because there's a good fucking chance we'll never get to see the original Red Dead Redemption on PC, unless you stream it from mm. your Xbox. Um, because, and you can go back and have a look at this stuff but uh, apparently the code for the engine and the code for that game is just a fucking dog's breakfast so I think it's unlikely that they would want to port it <laughs> yeah. to PC and if they do release one it'll just be Red Dead Redemption 2, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've basically come they've said that <laughs> they, they're they all for modding community but they they want it restricted to single player content, they don't want, pe- they want people messing around with their online stuff because um, it allows people to inject malicious code and and do all sorts of things to the online aspect of the game. So they've they've sent out this this letter saying please stop. But at the same time, it sounds like they're working with the modding community to try and resolve it and figure out a better way of doing it. Um, so hopefully, they can come to some sort of agreement or figure it out. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, that's something that's kind of developing and still going on. But it kind of sucks that this has happened, and the uh, the team, creative team behind that that modding software has come out and said, "Yeah, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna keep working on it. We're we're kind of uh, bowing down to their wishes, and we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep a low profile." You
0: don't want to go up against. <laughs> Take two. No. Yeah. It's it's, it's just sad. Just anti gamer, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun, but at the same time, you, you can sort of see their, a little bit of their point. Um, I don't know. It's a weird spot to be in. So anyway, uh, the last news story we've got here is Diablo 3-related. A uh, new patch arrives this week, which is... No, next week, sorry. Um, patch 2.6, and that's going to bring a necr- Necromancer across the game, which is cool. He was one of my favorite characters from the second one. I enjoyed
0: playing him. Are you nice. much of a Diablo person? Not really. No, I did. um the first Diablo game I really played was um, Diablo 3, and only when it came out on uh, console, believe yeah. or not. I mean, I had played it on PC at launch, and I didn't get into it. Um, probably was not the best time to play it. Yeah. But I played a shitload of it uh, when Reproof Souls came out on PS4. Okay. Uh, same screen cob had a lot of fun. Um, so I guess, yes, I love the idea of playing more Diablo but um, it's a bit of a time sink that one isn't it yeah it
1: is and especially when everybody in your squad's going to be running around <laughs> as the necromancer yeah it's true yeah um, but yes yeah, so they're, they're putting in new new content it's going to be paid content though you have to put, uh, buy that one um, so it'll be new character some new levels uh, new gear and that sort of stuff as well so I don't know I gotta, I gotta see I don't know if I'll get into it but I'm sure one, either Job or I will. And we'll talk about it. Joe will probably do it. Is it on all platforms or just PC? I think it's all platforms. Nice. Uh, I did get an email.
0: I can quickly check. Um, I think you're right. I think there was something that was PC exclusive, but I don't think it was all of it. It will be available
1: digitally on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One.
0: Yep. Nice.
1: Yeah. It, the email came through at a weird time. It was like, 1230 at night <laughs> Blizzard sent it out yeah alright that's the news nice
0: mm. nice nice.
1: alright let's wrap things up get out of here um what do you got we we don't have any questions this week I don't think so we'll probably get to them next week when Joe's back he's on holidays at the moment I don't even know when he's back which is Thursday next Thursday yep really so he was saying today yeah fucking hell that place isn't that big. What's he doing over there? <laughs> Don't know. Let's just be retiring or something. Yeah, that's strange. It's really weird. All right. Uh, if you want to find more episodes of The Gap, you can do that on uh, iTunes, Android, Windows Store. You can find all the episodes on there. You can rate and review us. Helps other people find the show. Uh, you can also email us questions, which is the gapodcast at com. if you want to do that. You can find us on facebook.com slash the ga podcast twitter.com slash the ga podcast uh our website which is the ga podcast.com has all the links um which is to all the past shows and some of the work we also do on there i I post occasionally like my uh friday the 13th review i put that up on there goatee definitely not goatee Um, Uh we got discord channel if you want to play video games with us you can do that the GAPodcast.com slash Discord, it'll take you straight to our, our channel page and you can leave questions on there as well. We've got a couple voice lobbies um where people are playing all sorts of different games. I think still PUBG this is the game of choice at the moment, it seems like. Uh, Rocket League is on there every once in a while, but yeah, it's definitely PUBG. All the time, every time. Um, but also I want to thank our Patreon people as well, our Patreon members. They they launched a new website or an updated website the other day. Um, and I think they're calling them members now, memberships. So thanks to everyone that supports the show. You can go to patreon.com slash if you want to help us out. Helps for paying things like uh, hosting costs and server rentals and domains and that sort of thing. And uh, that's it. That's it for the show. So, Nate, you got much happening anywhere you want to pimp out?
0: no just the usual places keep an eye on um pc power play k-zone if you're a child you shouldn't be listening to this podcast um and (laughs) something a couple of things come ign no not game informer um i think that's about it actually yeah cool
1: you got any movie stuff happening
0: Um, yeah actually there should be some reviews going up on movie weekly but that's a facebook page movie weekly one word check it out um you can see my very brief reviews there
1: (laughs) fair enough uh you can see my stuff at twitter.com slash luke laurie l-a-w-r-i-e otherwise uh survivor.com things go up on there occasionally um as i said the last one was friday the 13th the game i didn't like it but you should go read my review do it and that's it um that's the show Nate thanks for coming on thanks for having me uh it's good to hear that you're still busy as yeah, always yeah not,
0: not as crazy busy as before but
1: um <laughs> normal busy this week yeah is there <laughs> anything coming out that you're excited to play
0: that you can think of fuck man no I don't know um actually no let me check let me check I've got a calendar for this sort of stuff oh, dear. well just my regular calendar and I just put game releases in oh. uh Actually, Micro Machines is supposedly out in two days. World Series. I want to take that for a spin. Wow. Pun intended. Uh, and then, end of the month, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I never played the originals because we never had an original PlayStation, so okay. I wouldn't mind seeing what the fuss is about, although I suspect that it hasn't aged particularly well. Yeah. Apart from that. But so much what's coming out, hey? Eh? July is what's, just empty. July Splatoon 2 is Fortnite out on the 25th. I wouldn't mind taking Fortnite for a spin. Yeah, I got an email about that today or yesterday. Yeah, I think you've got to pay to get access. But um, yeah, it's a bit quiet until August. August kicks off. Middle Earth Shadow of War will be the first big one that I'm champing at the bit for. Oh, not Lawbreakers? When's that out? (laughs) The 8th. No, I would would like to take that for a spin again, actually. I hear that they've sped it up, which I think it needed, um, and I think that will change it quite a bit. Cool. All right, we should leave it there. We should get out of here. It's
1: getting late. I, get, I gotta eat my uh, the rest of my dinner. Yeah, I've gotta have dinner as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Come along, Nate. Catch you later. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.